still recovering from that Love is Blind episode last night. Wow. <laughs> still recovering. What was, what was the episode last night? It was... Uh, they they went shopping dresses. for wedding dresses. Oh, that one got emotional. <laughs> and uh, Kelly... Oh, I never imagined I She doesn't want to have sex with them. Yeah. Oh, that is... That's not real heartbreaker. It was a bombshell. Absolutely is that bombshell. is that important in a relationship? No. I mean, it might be something they? you want to do before you get married. Well, I mean, I don't know. so yeah. So Kenny is probably thinking it's happening soon, and because of that, I bet you guys that he got a Manscape 3.0 perfect package kit <laughs> to prepare for the big day. <laughs> that was perfection. You should. You should. <laughs> Manscaped is a partner of DNVR, if you haven't noticed, and they're here to remind everyone to keep your balls clean. <laughs> um, if you use the promo code DNVR20 for 20% off, you'll get free shipping at manscaped.com, and you'll get, like I mentioned, the Lawnmower 3.0, the perfect package, and that comes with, you guys described it as just pure ball deodorant, so we'll just go with that and a bunch of other stuff. <laughs> So are you saying it's a perfect package to make the perfect package? There you go. Exactly, AJ. That's it. Use the code DNVR20 for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Nobody out. Three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsay breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landis Guy. Nikola Jokic. Save me by Grubauer with the left pad. Oh, goodness gracious me. Take a good look. You won't see it for long. Two-run home run. Trevor Story. Lock. End zone. Touchdown. Number two for Sutton. Got it. Oh, man. That's from way downtown. And the blue arrow is flying at Pepsi Center. Score! It's too good to be true. to the Denver Sports Podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery, our favorite brewery in Colorado. I'm actually yeah. bummed I don't I didn't grab one to be drinking right now. Ooh, that's what I should have too. That's during these crazy times, we appreciate all the support you guys have given us. And one of the best ways to help us would be to support our partners. So they are offering curbside pickup and delivery from their farmhouse kitchen, which I ordered the barbecue plate. Yeah, the barbecue plate, which was like that enough for four. Bomb. That would kill her. It, it was awesome. so good. Cornbread, pulled pork, ribs, and baked beans. And I got an mm. apple pie. And you could add a fi for $5 a case of Breck Brews. I was set. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Apple, not cherry, yeah? Apple pie all the way, not cherry. <laughs> yeah, apple pie is Agreed. the goat pie. Call, call 303-803-1380 from 12 to 8 p.m. for pickup. Or like I said, um, they can also deliver it right to your door. Let's start off with some friendly banter, guys. How's everyone doing on like day 15 of quarantine? Feels like day 20. Um, doing good. Doing good. 
hanging in there. Uh, as you can see on my rocking chair, I've gained a lot of wisdom, I think, in this time. And uh, maybe becoming more patient, maybe not. My daughter, who's two, escaped, has found a way to escape the, the, the gate from our backyard and just wandered out in the front yard. I realized this. Kate was on a Zoom call herself, stormed out, expecting to have to chase my child during a pandemic in a neighborhood. Thank God she was just there by the side of the car because this is what she likes to do now. She likes to go in the car and like be in the driver's seat and mess around with the car. So that's how it's going. Seems a little hectic. Yeah, you can say that. <laughs> I could go for some of that excitement, Andre. Uh, I, I could use it. some of that. I believe it. Yeah, I hear you. No, but I um, I feel like I've been sleeping in super late as we were talking about before the call, but I just spoke with uh, Steve Hess for uh, just a Q&A interview that's actually on the dmvr.com right now. Steve Hess gets up at 3 a.m. and is still working 17-hour days during the pandemic. 3 a.m.? What is the need? Please wow. tell me why 3 a.m. He's been getting up at 3 a.m. for like 30 years. I mean, I guess if you're in a habit and that's just like what you do every day. He That's was crazy. like so energetic over the phone though, while we were talking, it inspired me to like kick my life into gear. <laughs> I feel like this quarantine has actually made it so I need two coffees a day instead of just one <laughs> because I like wake up, I'm like, I need a coffee. And then by like three o'clock, I'm like, oh, I think I need another one to just keep going. <laughs> Pretty much. How about you, AJ I, I, and Patrick? Yeah, I, I've hit the two coffee threshold as well i usually only try to have one and and get through the day with you know whatever else i can a kombucha or some some tea as my caffeine but yeah i've had to up it to to two cups and i feel like i need less rest i don't know why it's just i don't think i'm i'm doing quite as much during the day obviously getting getting my steps in and whatnot and you know with self-quarantining and, and isolating myself i feel like i don't have to like fight off as many germs so then I'm not like, oh, stay in bed for nine plus hours. No, I'm getting by with it with a little bit less, and it's been okay. That's good. How about you, AJ? Yeah, uh, you know, time is a made-up human construct and is entirely <laughs> irrelevant these days. So uh, anytime I'm just like, oh, I'm tired, I just go and take a nap. Because there's no reason not to. I don't have anywhere to be. I don't have anything to do. I don't have any, like, particular schedule that I have to adhere to. Now that now that our series, uh, our our DNVR watches series is over until Monday, it's like I'm I'm kind of irrelevant in the world for a few days, so I'm just drifting through time and space, trying to continue to exist. <laughs> All right. Oh, it sounds it sounds like your spirit animal would be your spirit <laughs> animal would be a cat, just taking his naps whenever you want. There will be there will be a person who listens to this who finds that incredibly funny. <laughs> Um, I have been learning how to play the piano, which that's been a good productive thing. Uh, the second thing though, is I've been baking a lot and I think the quarantine 15 is real. I really need to start getting back on working out. <laughs> I'm losing weight. I've been wearing my jeans to be productive and I'm losing weight. I'm not going out by the office to eat lunch every day and eating garbage. That's uh that's been a big game changer for me. Yeah, I made 24 cupcakes and I'm making a flan. Oh. Yeah. I think we're spending also, money I'm though also, eating at home, right? 
Yeah. Not eating yeah. out as much. I think so. Yeah. I've, I've dropped a couple pounds too. I've been been rationing off the calories just in case, so I have one less trip to the grocery store, you know, every couple of weeks. And yeah, I'm, I'm the same, Andre. I'm I'm enjoying life, uh, buttoning that top top button on my pants these days. <laughs> yeah, that that is nice. It is nice. Game changer. I don't know. I was thinking I'd save money too, Harrison, and now I'm realizing we're spending a ton on groceries all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stocking up, you know, and you you only try to go once a week, but then we, we don't feel like cooking after busy days where we're both working from home, so we're ordering in. Which yeah, we're ordering helps. in some too, yeah. That's yeah. good. Support your local businesses, yeah. so that's yeah. a good one. But unfortunately, I have to bring up the sad news of the fact that the Rockies would be at Coors Field today for opening day. And I I feel like everyone on social media has kind of been reminiscing on being at Coors Field. And once this is all over, Patrick, you had a good tweet about it will be over if we all listen to the rules that are being put in place. But when it is all over, I feel like people are really going to enjoy the little things like going out and watching a baseball game and drinking a beer and just like being outside, so. I guess that's Attendances right. will definitely start to go through the roof. I think just all across, you know, sports, but definitely here in, in Denver, you know, with, with the nice facilities that, that we have in Lodo, particularly Coors Field. But it's, yeah, it's sad. It, it, this also, we went through it on opening day. Um, so we, we know what to expect. I don't, I don't know how Harrison and AJ are doing with the fact that they're, you know, they got so close to the precipice there and they're not going to, find out who the best of the best actually is so that that is a challenge unto itself yeah i want to go around i feel like everyone here has some sort of opening day at Coors field experience or even if you weren't at Coors field just something because it really is like a holiday here in denver um so if you guys have a favorite memory harrison i'll start with you do you have anything that sticks out in your mind of an opening day in denver um I used to work for a company in Denver, a software company, and just for an idea of how big of a deal opening day is for everyone, not just like sports fans like us, we ended the day at 12 and like rented out the top of top 14 for the entire afternoon. Like that's what we did every opening day. Wow. That is awesome. Yeah. That was always super fun. And I remember... I used to work at the Rockies actually right out of college and mm. the opening day was the biggest day of the year for sure. Like by far the only day of the year I wore a suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about you, Andre? Yeah. You know, what really sticks out to me would be the first ever and how I heard about it from afar as a kid. Um, the first ever home opener for the Rockies, you know, as a kid who loved Colorado sports, though, when when we added teams in the the mid '90s to early 2000s, it was almost like learning a whole new sport and having it dropped on your lap. <laughs> and that was really how that first you know home opener was um, at Mile High, and just hearing about it from my grandpa, and you know two weeks later getting the the paper in the mail and reading through everything that went down. That one, you know, I mean that's. That's like the the genesis of baseball for me. Um, So that really sticks out. And in general, uh, the one that sticks out recently was Freeland and the home Mm. open and how special that was. Just, you know, 
with his parents and girlfriend going crazy in the stands and the constant shots and that. That was just the greatest. I'm so bummed that it's supposed to be opening day, which is like, it's like the beginning of summer and we don't have it. It is just... Yeah, the beginning the beginning of summer is Charlie Blackman's walk up song. Oh yes. That is officially the beginning of summer. So. Uh um I'm over here dying laughing because Brendan Vote is live tweeting some of our takes right now and he said quick round of quarantine <laughs> updates at Andre Simone's daughter almost ran away. That's all he said. I mean correction, she did run run away. We're just lucky that she didn't go very far. Oh, that was that was a funny one. But uh, AJ, any memory that sticks out to you? Um, to be honest, not really. Um, I uh, I was at the technically I was at the first ever Rockies opening day. I was young. I don't remember it. That's pretty so, cool, though. Yeah, it's like a a thing that I don't remember, but to, took part took part in. Like cool. Uh, and then opening day is usually really busy times for me, so I don't really. You know, it's the end of hockey season. Like, the Avs regular season would be finishing tomorrow. Yeah. So, um, my focus is usually elsewhere. Baseball doesn't start for me until, like, June. Yeah. Makes sense. AJ, that's pretty big bragging rights because that means you're one of only 80,000 people who were at that game. It's the largest attended Rockies game in, in their history. So, that's some, yeah, some like, it's, bragging rights. Yeah, it's cool. I just... <laughs> I wish I remembered something from it so I could actually be like, uh, like going to Mile High Stadium and like the the whole shebang, right? And I don't remember any of it. The wildest one for me was was two years ago. Um, I was relatively new to the company and hanging out with with Lindsay at Will Call all, mm. all morning and afternoon as you know Drew kept going back and forth from the stadium to Will Call and uh, it's going to be a little bit of a delay and. He would go back to the stadium and he would come back because it was snowing that day. That was oh, when right. we had gotten that's snow in, in 2018, and that was a real right. wild one against Atlanta. Wow. So that's what I remember, and, and, and meeting Tracy Ringlesby for the first time. So that one's kind of special. That one was also my first opening day in Colorado, and I went to the game because people I was with yeah. were like, it's the cheapest opening day tickets <laughs> we'll ever find. Like, come on, you can sit in, like, the 100 section for, like, $45. And I'm like, maybe there's a reason for that. But, no, um, <laughs> I was convinced by saying, oh, it's just going to be, like, a football game. Like, you're in the cold during a football game. We'll, we'll be prepared. <laughs> so we went, and it was a terrible game for the Rockies. They lost 9-1. And we did not leave until the final pitch in the ninth inning. <laughs> And it was around 20 degrees, and, like, you couldn't even drink a beer because it was too cold to ha even hold the beer or even then try and chug it. It just wasn't Sorry. happening. But, uh, you know, it's a, an experience I will always remember. <laughs> oh, that was yeah, such I a... Was at, um, speaking of cold Rockies games, 2007, I think, divisional round against the Padres um it was snowing i think for one of those games and i was there with my buddy we were in we were in high school yeah i guess high school the uh these people in front of us bought us hot chocolates because they couldn't buy us a beer <laughs> oh well that was clutch oh yeah hot chocolate the line to get hot chocolates um 
two years ago was ridiculous. Like, you would miss a whole inning because of the line. And quick throwback to people saying it's going to be like a football game. During a football game, you are standing and cheering most of the time. The Rockies scored <laughs> one run. <laughs> you can imagine that we were not standing and cheering or doing anything for most of that game. Uh. Yeah, Herman got lit up on that one, right? That was just a wild one. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't wear long sleeves, and that was kind of the big discussion, uh, big talking point. Uh, and then later on, in, in 2018, going into the playoffs uh, again in that Brewers series where they were swept, he the big announcement was, "Yeah, I think I'm going to wear. I'm going to go long sleeves uh, this time." I, I learned from from the beginning of 2018. That's oh, funny. Yeah, that season started in the snow and ended in the snow. Yep. Patrick, you have a different kind of view of opening day since you're working it um, the last two years. So what is that like on that t- on opening day for you as a media member? It's pretty pretty huge. It's it's a fantastic moment, you know, for the entire city. There's there's a lot of different views that, you know, I kind of have in it as as the fan, the the inner child inside of me as uh, as the Coloradoan you know, seeing it, what it's like from the fans with unfurling the, the U.S. flag. And then also on the, the press side where you go into the, the clubhouse and talk with players and, you know, as is the case, there's people there from the press and certain television stations that you don't see for five months of the season. And then you see them on, on the home opener. You see them at the end of the season if they're, if they're making a run into the playoffs. So there's a little extra juice in the ballpark there and, it's it's one of the many first days that you get back, like in spring training, the actual opening day, and then the home opener. So it's just a way to welcome back, and there's always always a lot of hope, even if the Rockies are are going into that first game, you know, with with a losing record. It's only been a couple games, and it's uh, it's very electric. It's the place to be, even if you can't get into the stadium. You definitely want to be in Roto when the Rockies, you know, open up for the season. Yeah, I definitely didn't realize how big, like, in, I grew up in D.C. and Philly, and opening day was definitely big in Philly, but not very much in D.C., not like it is in, in Colorado and in Denver, and I feel like it's definitely worth, if you're booking a trip, to try and plan one out around opening day weekend here in Denver, because the city is electric. Like, everyone is out, everyone's drinking everyone's at all the bars and just having a good time like Harrison was saying a bunch of people get off work early or they get the day off it's definitely like a really really cool experience to be in Denver in general there are even some school districts in the area that will give off the entire district the day because hey a lot of families in the community end up going down uh you know on on opening day at, at Coors Field so they when they're planning out the entire school year and making up the calendar, one of the first things they actually put on there, besides a lot of major holidays, is the opening the opener for the for the Rockies. That's crazy. Seriously? Yeah. That's crazy. That's a thing. That is wow. a thing. It would have been another snopening day. Is that how you say it? Mm. Yeah. You nailed it. <laughs> um uh, because it is at least earlier today it was snowing. Here where I am right now, everything's pretty cleared up, but it would have been snowing, and if it was snowing, the Rockies would have definitely needed to hit up Denver Rubber Company. They're the most reliable local partners for your long-term projects. 
since 1972. Hold on, I was trying to put the graphic on the screen at the same time. I'm producing and talking. It's a little bit harder. The 50th anniversary is coming up. I can't wait. No way. Um, I hope that snow isn't staying around, but if it does, Denver Rubber Company is your one-stop shop for anything when it comes to snow plows. Be sure to call them today for any snow plow needs, custom gaskets, hoses, etc. 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash dnvr and tell them who sent you. Back to the mainstream. Um... As we are talking about opening days, I have a question for all of you on what do you guys think is the best sports holiday? We just talked about how in Denver, opening day really is a holiday for the city. But what other sports holidays are there? And then which ones do you think are the best? There's there's some Super Bowl. There's a Super Bowl, March Madness, Christmas Day games for the uh, NBA, Harrison. What do you think of that? Yeah, Christmas Day games are cool. Uh, like the marquee players, the marquee teams, for sure. A lot of eyeballs on the games, too. I'd say March Madness, though. Thursday, Friday, first uh, weekend of March Madness is tops for me. I definitely agree with that. What about you, Andre? For me, it's not even close. It's the NFL draft. I mean, those three (laughs) days are better than Christmas. They're better than anything (laughs) for me. And I'm I'm really glad we still have that. Um, I, I'd be in a rough spot if it wasn't for that. That's really been keep, keeping me going. In fact, I'm scared of what May will bring um, when the draft is over for me. But um, yeah, it's all about the NFL draft. For me, National National Signing Day, the way it used to be where it was one day, that would be a close second. When I used to do freelance translations, I'd always take the three days of the draft off because I was doing stuff. Um, and then if I could, I'd move my schedule around to where National Signing Day I wasn't working. But in my opinion, National Signing Day isn't like a day that everyone's like, oh, oh I don't know. It's not as big <laughs> as like March Madness or the Super Bowl, you know? No, sure. Sure, it's true. <laughs> what is that uh, thumbs down, AJ? National Signing Day is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. it's so fun. Not, not only is it not a holiday, but it's dumb. <laughs> it's, it's, not uh, even a, it's not even a bank holiday. It's... <laughs> Well, so important. <laughs> it's not. It's it's stupid. Like some of those, so many of those guys aren't going to do anything like with the programs they even sign with. Like, not even like, oh, they won't be like meaningful college players. That's not even what I'm saying. Which also is true. But so what? <laughs> a lot of guys. AJ. A lot of guys who get drafted don't do anything either. It doesn't make right. the draft any less awesome. Right. Oh. But like so many, so many of the guys who sign with like. Oh, they get hurt and then they get released from the scholarship and then whatever. It's just it's a racket. It's it's exploitative of teenagers. I think it's oh, and it's like you're getting hyped about guys you've never heard of up to twenty minutes ago. It's and like <laughs> who's, who's out there deciding these like four stars, five stars? Like oh, it's it's like hype. It's phenomenal. It's, it's phenomenal so theater. stupid because it's like oh, Alabama offered a guy. He must be four stars. Nobody's ever out. Nobody's ever heard of him, but Alabama's offering him, so he's got to at least be four stars. And it's just, it's, it's so stupid. There's no way that these services can accurately canvas all of the high schools in the country and compare players and try and come up with any kind of a pool or a ranking system and be like, yeah, these are the best. Like, 
the absolute best of the best, they stand out. You look at the NFL draft every year, and there's a handful of them. But then there are these guys who you always hear about it, like, oh, this zero-star recruit is going to be a top-five pick. And you're like, who cares? He was a zero-star recruit like five years ago. Shut up. The whole thing is dumb. It's one of the worst parts about college sports. March Madness, amazing. The first, the first round of the NHL playoffs, amazing. The NFL draft, incredible. Love all of that. <laughs> that is all fantastic. But signing day, we should honestly kick him out of here. That's that's a that's the worst Andre wow. take that has ever happened. Is NHL trade deadline up there for you? Not anymore because of the way that it's just changed. It used to be, but with the way that teams are now. Like they they kind of poo poo it a little bit. No, we don't want to do anything. Right, we think right. we're still in it because of the way the standings are set up now. Teams that that think they're like, oh, we're six points out, we're gonna make a run. Like they don't ever make the run, but they keep their guys. It's it's nowhere near as much fun. Yeah, I was I saw I was looking at a list to try and figure out more examples to give you guys. National Signing Day was on there, and I was like, eh. Not really. Nope, cut it. So, it is. It's in, garbage. In football places, it is. It's garbage. Okay. Hey, uh, going back to Andre real quick, the draft is really exciting. Not surprising that that is your favorite day of the year. But we've got a lot, a lot coming from D- the DMVR.com with our coverage on the draft since it's really the only sporting thing that's, that's going right. to be really happening. So... Definitely stay tuned for all of our content that we're going to be pushing out for that. So, AJ, you... Okay, so National Signing Day... Or, <laughs> now you got in my head. Yes, number one. <laughs> no. Number one. Mention it. Yeah. <laughs> the draft is both Andre and AJ's favorite. Harrison's got March Madness. What about you, I Patrick? love the draft, too. I mean, I'm a huge sucker for the NBA draft. It's the incredible. NBA draft? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Just seeing who the Sacramento Kings bust on every year. I mean, that's like must-see TV. That's good stuff. The Super Super Bowl is really the the most true. Whether you like it or not, I've kind of grown old of that. But a a good kind of, you know, second place is, I'd say, New Year's Day. There's a lot of college bowl games Mm. on, or at least, you know, less in the past. You do have the Winter Classic, which is always great, again, even if you're not a huge hockey fan, you got to tune into that just because it's such a, a unique competition. And, you know, between between those two, and, and there's usually a couple of NBA games on, things of that nature, nobody really wants to go out anyway on January 1st after uh, the debauchery you got into the night before. So I think that's kind of the perfect time where everybody is staying home and thinking about sports and, and really, you know, in, enjoying it the most. Definitely. I think my favorite, my two would be opening day in the Super Bowl just because they're like the most the thing that you get like I will like track well Super Bowl I like to watch at home because I like to actually watch the game but a lot of people go to Super Bowl parties it's like a whole thing and same with what we already talked about opening day being like but is there anything else that's like a sports holiday in hockey AJ uh, like, the first round of the playoffs is honestly everybody's favorite. Uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs are unparalleled across sports. None of the other sports can even come within a country mile of their intensity and and their competitiveness from round one on. Because all the other sports, you get 
you get the predictable blowouts. And they happen in hockey, but not very often. Uh, like, honestly, like you'll see sweeps and things, but usually you're pretty, you're pretty shocked by them. Like it's, they're, they're not a very common occurrence to see teams just stomp the other ones in the postseason. And uh, just the Stanley Cup playoffs just have a different feel to them. Um, there's just, there's just a different level of intensity that hockey brings every shift brings just because the inherent way that the game is played you know that it's sports are so situational and hockey is the most fluid out of all of them where the scoring matters you know there's two hours of scoring takes place in a basketball game and you're still like okay well what's about to happen you know in hockey it's you know five goals a game and whoever gets to three kind of you know that's that's the race right and I think this the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs is great because you get three games back to back to back every single night for the entire first round. Sometimes four, sometimes five, depending on the schedule, but a minimum of basically three games every night. And it's just like hockey nirvana. You just sit back. This is what you've been waiting for all season. It's before the teams are tired because they haven't gone through multiple rounds of the playoffs. The war of attrition hasn't really begun and everybody's absolutely amped out of their minds and it's those first like the first like three days of the stanley cup playoffs it's just like it's like a it's it's hockey heaven for all of us and there isn't a hockey fan out there who will disagree that the first couple of days of the playoffs are fantastic i feel like also a lot of um fans that a lot of people who aren't really diehard fans to specific teams or to like the regular season in hockey love to tune in during the playoffs just because of how much more like how much more intensity it is and just everything about the playoffs and the Stanley Cup is just is crazy yeah and it's one of the few times that hockey's kind of on the big stage because the NBA season hasn't finished yet um football is you know just not in season at all baseball's only just begun but it's after opening day so it's sort of like hockey has it's the one time in like the major like North American sports conscious that hockey is at the forefront for just those couple of days. And then, you know, and then it goes back to being the fourth banana and you know, whatever, but that's, that's when it's like standing front and center and, and it's rewarding. It's you get, you get the highest quality of hockey and you get only good teams. There are no bad teams that are playing on those days. And there are no teams that make the NHL postseason that you can make an argument that they didn't deserve to be there. And I think that's the only, I think the NHL and baseball are the, are the two leagues where that's true. There's only good teams that make the postseason. Yeah. Same point. Um, Harrison, what about for the NBA besides the draft NBA draft day? Um, July 1st, which is the start of free agency. Yeah. Yeah, which like every summer it seems like it's crazier than the last summer. Although, <laughs> like obviously this summer might be pretty mellow. You guys, um, you guys go nuts, man! Like July first is a big deal for us, but it's like the the entire like competitive landscape doesn't change every July first. It yeah, does in the NBA, and I'm like, it's exhausting to watch. It's great from afar, but covering it that would be exhausting because it's like oh. You build a team, the world changes every oh, yeah. July 1st. I mean, we're at a point now where, like, 
fifty percent of the league is changing over yeah. during the free agency period every summer. And it's not just <sighs> the bottom of the roster guys. It's like superstars and all stars literally changing teams every summer. And it's um, flipped on its head. Yeah. It's it's unreal. I mean, I, I think it's it's great for the league from a uh, content standpoint. Terrible for the league from like a uh, true basketball standpoint and like building fans fan base and whatnot. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I mean, the first week of July is just nuts. Christmas Day is a big one for the NBA too. Obviously, I think you know that's definitely grown in the past decade or so. Especially when you've got you know the, the Christmas Day uniforms too. Like that's kind of a a big reveal. Like you know how they're going to change it up. What kind of alternate jerseys uh, are the teams going to be wearing on on Christmas Day? And and I think that's that's one that I know a lot of folks get excited for. I, I don't follow the <laughs> NBA terribly close, but it's like yeah, I'm I'm going to watch on Christmas day with family when after you've eaten, open your gifts and you're a little less interested in your family at that point, you can, you can watch some, some basketball and, and then they usually have the top teams too. They yeah. obviously, they, they very much cherry pick that. And I think when they go about their season, they're looking at Christmas day as for them, a, a hallmark date, you know, to have some of their best matchups. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the day that NBA is kind of circled and they're like, all right, this is our day. Yeah. This uh, is our yeah. day. The, the other leagues, uh, like the NHL, like you're not allowed to play on Christmas. <laughs> they, they, they stopped like, doing the uh, they stopped doing the uniform thing though, when uh, Nike took over. Mm. Fun nice. fact: MLB has never played a game on Christmas Day either. So oh really? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Thanksgiving too. I think I, I may have to check my record books, but also never on Thanksgiving. Oh, that just reminds me of Christmas Day this year and the Nuggets finally being back on the big screen for for Christmas and them just not playing too well. Yeah, they losing to Zion Williamson-less Pelicans. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, terrible at the time. I spent I spent Christmas Day this year in a sports book watching all the NBA games. What a man. What this makes me think is April is absolutely my favorite sports month because we have like three oh, or four of God, these holidays yes. in April. And I'm just so mad we only have the draft. <laughs> it's really like once March Madness starts, it's like a oh. sprint to the yeah. end of NBA and NHL seasons. Yeah. And then, like, after July 1st, it's just, like, everybody kind of goes into a sports coma because it's just, like, oh, great, the middle five months of baseball. <laughs> and then football starts, and then the end of and then September baseball happens, and then everybody gets geared up again. But, like, yeah. mid-March through, like, June, oh, just a killer sports time. Andre, you seem frustrated, and you know what can help with that? <laughs> Some Breck brews from Davidson's. They can deliver to you. You don't even have to leave your house. You can keep all eyes on Lucia. Make sure she isn't going anywhere. (laughs) While Davidson's has your back and is driving your alcohol to your house for you. Love it. Yeah, can the Breck brew watch Lucia? (laughs) Because Andre clearly can't. She's taking off on him like that. That's bad news, dude. Uh, I didn't think he could open the gate. (laughs) Andre, you need a security system where all of the beer that you get from Davidson's, we stack the cans up, 
And then if she breaks through that barrier of empty cans, boom. That's a good way to know about it. Come on, Davidson's got you for that. I, I was like on. That. I was actually on the phone with Andre right after it happened when they were on in car time with uh, Lucia. Who, she just kept saying hi, hi, and then she got sick of me and was like, "Bye, bye." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, thanks, Lucia. Um, but he he seemed pretty panicked about the whole situation. Oh yeah, between Lucia and Gallo, you're. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got my hands full, brother. I've got my hands full. You can say that again. Oh, <laughs> All right, uh, don't. Davidson's is offering curbside pickup or delivery. Download their app today for incredible deals and sign up for their loyalty program. Get You can get Breck Brew's delicious 15-can sampler delivered to your door. And if you do use Davidson's for pickup or delivery, be sure to tag them and us when you grab your booze um, so we can see what you're getting. I, I ran out of all Breck Brew's, and I need to go stock up. <laughs> so I think I'm going to have to take this up on it before we start more DNVR washes and we finish up Love is Blind. You need your alcohol yeah. before that. You need a uh, alcoholic beverage during the <laughs> Absolutely necessary. If Jessica's on my screen one more time about age and I'm not drinking, I'll freak out. But <laughs> let's move on to some more current events for this third segment. Let's start with you, Andre. As the Broncos representative today, the, the from the last time we talked, we had a whole TDSP on free agency and all of that. Since right. then, the last move the Broncos have made and pretty much the last move of free agency for them because of the cap was re-signing Shelby Harris. What yeah. do you think of that move? Yeah, I mean, really valuable move. We didn't think that would be his market to be able to sign him for another year. Really improves their defensive line depth, gives them a little more versatility. And now all of a sudden that doesn't need to be a priority with one of their picks in the top three rounds so they can focus on other needs, especially along the offensive line and wide receiver. So I think it's a sneaky, nice move because now it allows them to use those draft assets towards other positions. And you know, slowly but surely, this uh, Broncos roster, if we'll get to playing next year, is, uh, is looking pretty promising, assuming they can nail this draft, which they have all the pieces in place to do so. I saw a few fans on social talking about whether the Broncos should have re-signed Shelby or re-signed Derek Wolf. How do you feel mm -hmm. about that? Do you In think they vacuum, made the right yeah. call? Wolf is probably the better player, but mm -hmm. again, this is a depth piece, and we haven't really seen Wolf be able to stay healthy for an entire season since Super Bowl 50. So I think when you add a depth piece, you like to have the guy who's healthier and promises to actually give you that depth for 16 games and not just be there for eight games. The other thing is Wolf, while he is the better player, he got signed for um, over $5 million by the Ravens, and that's probably a little more expensive than the Broncos were looking for. Yeah, that was definitely pretty surprising to see that he got that much money from the Ravens, but we'll Did see. Did you like in the draft for the Broncos, Andre? Oh, I think they can't go wrong with any of the top wide receivers or top tackles. There's four great tackles and three really great wide receivers if you can have one of those guys fall to you you're really going to be in a good spot i love mckay beckton i like tristan Wirfs, andrew thomas on the tackles and you know the three wide receivers cd lamb jerry judy or henry ruggs you can't go wrong there 
So whoever drops, I want them. Andre, do you think – I don't think the Broncos are going to be able to get um, any of those receivers if they don't make some trades. What do you think? Probably. I've been back and forth on this. I think lately I'm getting the vibes that, yeah, probably they won't be able to get one of those three receivers unless they move up. And it's interesting that now with the Niners two picks ahead of them, John Elliott has a good friend in John Lynch. He can call up and kind of finagle some trades. They always seem to be making moves with the 49ers. So maybe that's an option to just move up two spots, only give up one third rounder instead of multiple third rounders and still get your wide receiver. Definitely. Well, like I mentioned, Andre is working on a lot of great draft content. Our whole team, honestly, is going to really dive in and tackle this draft. Um, so be sure to subscribe to the DNVR.com to get all of that amazing content. Harrison, the Bulls are trying to steal Nuggets assistant GM. <laughs> that came in this morning, and then I saw Adam talk. Not steal, obviously, I was joking. But take him. <laughs> and uh, I saw Adam saying, I don't know. Make it sound like really a kidnapping true. now. <laughs> I know. You know, talking about Lucia running away, that's just like what's in my <laughs> mind right now. Um, do you think that's actually a possibility? Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, Arturis Karnasovas, the Nuggets GM, has been here since 2013. Really well-respected guy for the league, uh, instrumental in building this Nuggets roster, super connected internationally. He's a legendary uh, player that played on the Lithuanian national team in the Olympics. So, like, he is so well-connected across Europe, across the world. And he's been a finalist before for top, basketball decision-making posts in Milwaukee. He interviewed for the Brooklyn job a few uh, years ago, the 76ers job uh, years ago. So he's a guy who's been on uh, the top of the team's radar for, for a long time. And I think it's only a matter of time until he gets a president of basketball operations job and kind of runs his own team. I think he would have interest in Chicago. It's like a big market. The ownership has been kind of mm, up and down. Yeah. Like, not up and down, it's been bad. Um, but, you know, it's a city in Chicago that has a huge Eastern European population as yeah. well. Um, and I think that a team like the Knicks would have interest in them too. So he's super well regarded. He's a high level executive. And um, I think eventually he's going to get one of these jobs. It's probably only a matter of time. All right, and then last current event for today would have, would be the Avs just taking care of some summer business early with a few contract extensions for some of their Colorado Eagles guys. Patrick and AJ can talk about this one. How did you guys feel um, about those moves? TJ Tynan, uh, leading scorer. It's just a good move. Uh, veteran AHL guy. Uh, no offense to him, but... We saw this year why he has not had an NHL career. Um, he's just not quite effective in the role he needs to play. He played in 16 um, games for the Avs this season, right? Yeah. And didn't do much in any of them, yeah. to be honest. I think so, he had, like, one goal or one point. Yeah, and I think it came in the 9-4 to four beat down <laughs> Nashville where it was like, if you didn't get a point that day, like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it was like free point day at Pepsi Center. Um, 
Tynan will be great for the Eagles. One year deal. He can be go back and be their top scorer. He's uh, one of the top AHL players right now. Um, this is a only good business. Jacob McDonald, uh, two year deal. I liked a lot more just because I think it has some dark horse potential to mean something for the Avalanche. Uh, they have a lot of expiring contracts on defense uh, at the NHL and AHL levels. So if they decide to, to to cut some of those guys loose and not bring them back, McDonald uh, would be a guy that has been trending upward for years and is a great story. An undrafted guy who didn't really have a very notable college career, barely latched on in pro hockey in North America in the ECHL several years ago and worked his way up on AHL deals, you know, had an ECHL deal, got an AHL deal, and then finally to an NHL deal. And the Avs traded for him last year, and then uh, he had a great year for the Eagles this year, playing both defense and forward. So it's ideally it's purely depth for both of those guys, but they're both very good Eagles players. And the real shame of this is that this is the best affiliate that the Avs have had in 15 years and we don't get to see them make a playoff run we don't know how good they would have been but they they would have absolutely i think they would have won at least one round and they might have pushed for two or three more if uh if they stayed hot so it's really disappointing uh but they were they were two of the key players tynan and mcdonald so good signings good players um important important guys important veterans for the eagles McDonald could be an Av uh, if if certain things shake out. Yeah, you're right, AJ, with the Eagles. You know, they were surging there in the Pacific Division, especially, you know, right after the, the holiday break. And, you know, McDonald is probably the most interesting of the two. Like you said, we, we kind of seen, you know, what to expect from Tynan. He's, yeah. you know, to use a, a baseball phrase, he's kind of a quadruple-A player where yep. he can dominate in the highest rung of the minors. But, you know, then when he, you know, comes up in the spotlight, you know, it doesn't necessarily translate. But, yeah. You know, with McDonald, like, as you said, you know, he's one of the top scores for defensemen, albeit, you know, he's playing as a forward. So has some interesting, you know, skill set there that um, it'll be really cool to see how the Avs, you know, can use him next year. And possibly, like you said, AJ, he, he could move up in, into one of those yeah. uh, more impactful roles on the roster. Yeah, it's... Um... I like McDonald a lot. He really, he really, uh, I, I latched on to him a lot as the season went on and, and think that he'll have yeah, a chance next year. Yeah, he seemed hyped on social um, when yeah. they re- re-signed him. He's a guy, and I had talked to a number of people in the organization um, because I was planning on doing a bigger piece on him during the Eagles postseason run um, because he is such an interesting guy. You normally... The undrafted guy that works his way up just doesn't really happen in hockey very often. And this guy, like, just cut his way through. I mean, it's it's very rare that a guy who scored, like, 20 points in four years in in, uh, in college hockey uh, has 20 goal seasons in the AHL as a defenseman. Like, it's it just doesn't make any sense. He just continues yeah. to get better. And I think he'll, I think he'll probably... Uh, find some NHL ice next year with the Avs, and it'll be an awesome story. Where was he in college? He played at Cornell. Okay, so I mean... So he played, he played for a good program. Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, I didn't see anything news, like current news-wise of the Rockies, Patrick, but you can correct me if I'm wrong, if there is anything. No, un- unfortunately <laughs> not. You know, 
on Friday. I, I talked about this on the Minor League Monday podcast we have for DNVR Rockies about the deal that was signed between the Players Association and MLB. Just basically, you know, giving the commissioner these these rights to kind of either approve or, or make adjustments and alteration to the season. Uh, you know, we, we could have no All-Star game. Um, you know, if, if baseball comes back and society comes back, you know, by, by the middle of July, that could be how the baseball season opens up is with the All-Star game, mm. which, you know, is, is very interesting. But the commissioner has the ability to change the playoff format obviously shorten the season at this point um it would be you know a godsend if if mlb could play 100 games but you know the commissioner has a little bit more leverage there's a change to the how the mlb draft is going to go this year if there's one at all uh, it's going from 40 rounds all the way down to five wow wow now players can still sign right if you if you can get taken in the first five rounds you can oh. still sign but for twenty thousand dollars so it's a market drop-off for guys who are still getting, you know, about a hundred thousand dollars or more, you know, after the the fifth round. There's guys getting, you know, one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars in the eleventh and twelfth round. So now you have some guys who, you know, you you don't get taken in the top, you know, two hundred picks. You might just go back for your senior year and play college ball because you're going to have that much better of a signing bonus. So this wow. could really alter the landscape of baseball in a major way and it could ultimately be the death knell for the short season leagues which is what major league baseball is trying to do is is to lop off 42 minor league baseball teams and this could be somewhat of a, of a leverage point for them to be able to do that with the shortage of minor league players wow yeah that's huge so- with the draft, Patrick, those because those high school seniors that would be draft eligible, those college players that would be draft eligible, they can't play the season now. So you're going off of last year's evaluations, basically, right? Yeah. You know, there's going to be some teams that have, have better scouting than others. Uh, I think most scouts, for the most part, have, have seen the guys that they've wanted to see, and, and they're really maybe only listen, uh, losing out on, you know, one more look on those guys that they, they're thinking of taking. They, they already know who they like, but certainly a lot can happen in the spring season right. in college baseball and high school baseball. That can, you know, um, vary where, where a guy gets selected. Mike Trout is one of the big, biggest examples. You know, when, when he slipped to the 26th pick overall in the first round, it's still pretty high, but he could have gone a lot higher. It just so happened that it had rained a lot in southern New Jersey that year. So he ends up slipping to the back of the first round to the Angels. There's going to be a lot of stories like that. I'm I'm curious because baseball has the rule where as a, you can be drafted as a high school senior, but if you go to college, you have to stay in college, right? Unless you go to a community college. So right. are we talking about this could benefit the community colleges like a ton? Yeah. Because high school oh, seniors wow. who would otherwise be draft eligible – or right. guys who would be drafted highly might just go to community college for a year. Hundred percent, yeah. That's that's a big change, and and ultimately, I think that's what minor uh, major league baseball wants to do with minor leagues is to take a lot of the onus off of them and and supporting some young players and uh, and allowing them the the opportunity to play in college. And really, by the opportunity, I mean colleges are now going to be the ones who have to develop these players and house them and feed them rather than, you know, minor league baseball doing that. You could also see the case of uh, former Braves draft pick a couple of years ago, Carter Stewart. 
he didn't get the money that he wanted out of them. So he actually last year went over to play in Japan. So we could start seeing American ball players who are, you know, on the cusp of being ready and, and, and should have been taken maybe in the first 10 rounds. They might bet on themselves and get a relatively lucrative contract to play over in Japan or South Korea and, and then come back to the States. So it, it's really going to change, you know, the, the landscape of, of professional and collegiate baseball. That's crazy. And what does this mean for the Rockies having a top 10 pick? How much harder is their job? So, you know, I don't know that their job is necessarily harder, but the leverage that they would have gotten from that ninth overall pick, a lot of that is is kind of washed away. Because when you have, you know, the the better your picks are, I think think the Rockies had the sixth most amount of money available in the draft uh, of what would have been typically 40 rounds. So what happens is, you can, let's say, with the ninth overall pick, take a guy that was expecting to get selected in the end of the first round. And you say, look, I know this slot was for $3.5 million, but we're going to give you $3 million, which would have been more you would have gotten you know, than the, uh, as the 30th pick. Now the Rockies save an extra half a mil, which they can go and use to entice another player who's thinking about going to college, you know, a high school kid. So you can move that money around however you want and when you've got the ninth overall pick in each round that means you've got that much more additional money to play around with get creative and sign a lot more players of better talent and a better caliber than you would have normally the so the strategy that the the astros made famous when they went after guys like carlos correa early in right. the draft bingo yeah no that that's that's a great point and i think with after the first five rounds now you have to sell players on your organization and if you're a young if you're a young college pitcher you probably do not want to sign with the rockies whatsoever um you also know you also you know you might doubt their ability to develop players um you know i think the rockies do a relatively good job they're they're not the best they're not the worst but you know if you're the dodgers or you're the yankees there's going to be guys saying hey hey i I want the opportunity to to play with with those legacy teams and again the rockies don't have that advantage yeah. so all of the advantage that they would have normally had has been washed away as of right now it's it's, it's pretty disappointing wow well i'm glad i asked you if there was any news because <laughs> we just learned a lot Other than that, no <laughs> <laughs> we just learned a lot about what's going on in the baseball world um Well, I think that's all we've got for you guys today. Just a reminder, we have a jam-packed DNVR Watches weekend schedule. We're watching the Broncos-Cowboys 2013 shootout tonight. Then the 2009 playoffs round two, game three for the Nuggets. We already finished the Avs 2001 Stanley Cup victory on Wednesday, which was honestly amazing. Um, Then on Saturday, we've got Raptors versus Rugby United New York. At 10 a.m., 1994, CU at Michigan, Miracle at Michigan at 1.30. I'm really excited to watch that one. Just watching the highlights get me hyped. It's so a really good game. I yeah. can't, I've never seen it, like, fully. I'm really yeah. excited for it. Uh, my, my family had it recorded on a VHS way back in the day, so I've, I've seen that game, like, a thousand times. Oh, I, when right. I was, like, figuring out if it, uh, if it was the full game i like watched the ending and was yelling at my computer and it was (laughs) so i can't wait to watch it with everyone then we're doing 2016 csu versus new mexico that will be at five o'clock 
and of course love is blind at 8 p.m and then raptors versus utah warriors on sunday so we've got a lot for you guys don't forget to use the hashtag dnvr watches if you're watching with us and tweeting and following along this has been a lot of fun it's been a fun series we've been doing yeah. Yeah. Um, anybody then, watching the uh 2k tournament tonight oh no <laughs> no. I will no. be watching Broncos Cowboys, but that is a good yeah. option to have on the computer, on the laptop. At this point, I'll probably be sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to check out Manscaped, Denver Rubber Company, and Davidson's, and we'll see you guys next week.